Welcome to the official Guns Up Nation podcast, the premier voice for the fearless fans of Raiderland. Let's meet today's hosts. Welcome everybody to this week's edition of the Guns Up Nation podcast. I'm your host, Keith Donaghy, here today with my two co-hosts, TJ Kern and Chris Eustace. Man, have we got another packed show for y'all in July once again, another unusual thing. In fact, this episode has so much content to cover this week that we're actually probably going to break it up into two episodes. This first half of the episode, though, will basically just cover realignment. I mean, y'all know with OU in Texas, so much of stuff has happened this past few weeks. Um, The other half of the episode, we'll talk about basically everything else. Uh, Kevin O'Banner, baseball recruiting, Red Raiders in the Olympics, maybe some football recruits. We might get into a little bit of the realignment episode, but probably not. Uh, With that being said... Chris, TJ, what do y'all think of OU and Texas going to the SEC? Just general thoughts, not about how it's going to affect um, the Big 12 yet. We'll get to that. But what are the reasons y'all think they went to the SEC? Do you think they really want more competition, or do you think they see the bottom line in there and they're like, yeah, we can deal with those numbers a lot better in the SEC than we can in the Big 12? I think it's money. I think the biggest reason they want to leave the Big 12 is they get more money. Bigger competition, bigger stadiums means bigger revenue. I think that's the biggest reason why they left and, I mean, are wanting to leave. Also, the competition is a step up, honestly, in football. Maybe not the other sports, but football, definitely. And I know Texas and Oklahoma are are like powerhouses in those sports. So I think that's why they want to move to the SEC more than anything. Yeah, I mean, I think Chris hit it right on the head, right? Like, it's – what does everything revolve around, right? It's money, money, money. And I've even got some numbers to back it up, right? Like currently the uh, Big 12 teams are averaging $37 million a year, and that's in TV revenue, bowl games, and the NCAA tournament. And they came out with an offer. The Big 12 did some last-ditch offer to give them an extra share, which would have given the other eight schools less money, and that would have brought their number up to about $56 million. Well, in the SEC, this is according to Dennis Dodd of CBSSports.com. Right now, the SEC schools make $44 million a year, and that number could go over $60 million with Texas and OU coming on board. So number one is the money for the schools, but number two, Keith and Chris, you remember last week when we talked about the NIL? I think the NIL is a huge reason for this move as well because what is the uh, nil involved it involves money so alabama's quarterback hasn't even played a game bryce young and he's at almost seven figures worth of nil revenue for himself that is alabama that is playing quarterback in alabama but you think texas and oklahoma don't want a piece of that money too Yeah, the big thing on that is I'm going to go ahead and break down just the situation for everybody who hasn't been able to necessarily be caught up with what's going on. So uh, the grant of rights is basically a media deal that comes through for conferences and you basically sign over your media rights and they give you a share of money, whatever. So basically the bigger schools in the conference, that football, which is the the main driving force in the economy for college athletics, um, you have Texas, OU, OSU, Texas Tech, you know, Texas Tech, OSU, they're probably about even. They're probably given as much as they're getting. But OU and Texas, they're giving a lot more, more money to the other schools, like in this Big 12 media contract where it's, let's just say to make numbers easy, let's, it, it's not, but let's just say it's $100 million. 
um, OU and Texas are getting 20 million each while the other big 12 schools are split. So the other six schools are splitting up the other, what, I believe 60 million. So where the other schools are only getting 10 million OU and Texas are getting 20. And if you get into a bigger conference where those numbers are bigger on the lower end, so where Kansas State is making 6 million, you have the lower end uh, SEC schools that are making 12 million, which means, of course, the higher end guys are making even more money. Um, so the grant of rights and that that's all the TV rights and that goes through 2025. The Big 12 was basically going to reach out and ask everybody in the Big 12 to extend their rights through 2030. And just before we got to that point where they wanted everybody to make their decision by OU and Texas were like, oh yeah, we've been reaching out to the SEC about joining and basically we will not be renewing our grant of rights, which they said, I believe officially yesterday, right guys? Yeah, officially it was announced yesterday that they would ask to be to ask be a part of the SEC. Yeah, guys, and in this statement they said, providing notice to the Big 12 at this point is an important in advance of the exploration of the conference's current media rights agreement. The universities intend to honor their existing grants of, grant of rights agreements that run through 2025. However, that's the big word in there. However, um, to monitor, they will continue to monitor the rapidly evolving college landscape. So what this basically means is they intend to honor it. However, if they can figure out a way to get to the SEC quicker and make more money without having to pay the $74 million buyout in the grant of rights, they're going to do that. If, as soon as they can get out, they can. But they have to say stuff to stay professional and not, I'm sure, not get fined if they would have said otherwise. Well, yeah. Does anybody think this thing's really going to last until 2025? I don't. Yeah, exactly. I say this next this academic school year is guaranteed, so that runs all the way through the end of baseball season. But I, I think as soon – I think anytime in the next academic school year, so the 2022-2023, that could – the Big 12 could be gone. I don't think it's likely then yet, but I think by 23-24, everybody will basically be settled out on where they're going and at least have deals in place if not already being there. Um, so with OU and Texas leaving the Big 12, let, let's go ahead and get into the next one here. What does that leave for the Big 12? What does that leave for, like, what should the Big 12 do? Should they dissolve? Should they try and add some other schools? Or should they all go their separate ways? And if you think they should all go their separate ways, let's, let's hold on to that for later about where everybody's going. But let's just go right now. What do you think the next step should be for the Big 12? I know they have said, they came out with a statement and said, we're going to do our best to find the best competition we can, blah, blah, blah. We intend to keep Big 12 values strong and traditional. Big 12 commissioner is just saying that to keep his job for as long as possible. Um, I don't know that any of the Big 12 ADs really believe that the Big 12 will last more than three years. So what are you guys' thoughts on the future of the Big 12 conference? Well, I think these teams should try finding new homes because it's never – too early to start doing that now because like you said in 2023 24 is probably whenever the big 12 is completely going to dissolve so the teams that are left out and don't have conferences are going to be the ones that are struggling to find money to be able to pay coaches their athletic director everything so i'm thinking like people are going to start branching off and finding different conferences to go to yeah i think um one of the things and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that part of it, Chris, here in a little bit. But yeah. the main thing that Keith was getting at is let's say there is a pipe dream scenario where the Big 12 can come together. And we're down we're, – we're called the Big 12. 
it's called the Big 12. But then we lost, um, I forget, uh, Missouri and A&M. So then that took us to 10. So somewhere we had 10 teams in the Big 12. That, that, that's the confusing part. Then you lose Oklahoma and Texas. Now you're down to eight teams. So do they try to go and merge with one of these group of five conferences, probably like the American, and form a, another 16-team conference? Or do they look to just add two teams, like maybe a BYU, a Boise State, a Houston, a school like that? Or do is it a complete free-for-all and everybody just goes their separate ways? Yeah, I think one option you could see is even a lot of the uh, higher revenue teams. So uh, Texas Tech and OU um, I and Kansas, I would say, you could see finding new homes pretty cool, quickly. But you mentioned earlier that TCU, before the show, you mentioned earlier that TCU and Baylor might not be able to get into a conference like the Pac-12 just because historically they have not brought in private schools or uh, religion-based schools. Um, going forward on, on just on that perspective, if let's say TCU and Baylor stayed in and maybe they could get Kansas State to stay with them, they could bring in some of the lower um, D1 schools, some of the group of five conference guys. I'm sure they would love to hop in. I think at that point, though, to salvage, you basically have to get Houston, Boise State, and one other big school to come with you. And I know BYU is a big draw here, but would BYU even do that? Is that is that even a big enough draw to get a BYU to yeah, join TCU, Baylor, Boise? I mean, you're talking about the Mountain West Conference all over again, kind of. Exactly. And then one other thing to mention, though, is we have a 12-team playoff this coming season, I believe. I don't know that all the details have been worked out yet, but I, if I remember correctly, there was a bunch of talk that there's going to be auto bids, and I think up to six auto bids for this 12-team playoff format. And those auto bids won't come. There won't be two auto bids from the same conference. It's going to be much of the style to get into the basketball tournament or baseball. If you win your conference, you get one of the bids. And I don't know exactly how that's going to break down, which conferences they're going to choose, but that could be something to look at as well. I mean, even if you think, oh, you're going to a smaller conference to play worse competition, yes, you are. And that might hurt you when you get to the playoffs. But one thing that's not going to change is the money you receive for being in those playoff games even if you're getting in from the AAC or uh, the MAC. I mean, um, if you're getting in from one of these lower-end conferences, the money is still the same. So I don't know if these university presidents are really going to be looking at the competition scale or if they're going to be saying, hey, we can get into these playoffs and not have to play in the SEC where we have to play a team that could make the playoffs every week. Yeah, they should see it as motivation, really. Yeah, and I wanted to bring up another thing real quick. Um, Chris Del Conte, who is the athletic director at the University of Texas, do you guys know where he came from, by the way? I'm asking because I know the answer. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> you, do you know? No, sir. He came from TCU. He was a big part of TCU getting added to the Big 12 when they were dominating the Mountain West. And when they got invited to join the Big 12 – he was the, their athletic director. And it's ironic that he spent all that time doing all that work to get a school like TCU into the Big 12. And now here we are with Texas and Oklahoma essentially filing today their intent to join the SEC that 
he's like, yeah, the rest of you guys, we don't really care about. So all that work that he put in at TCU is like, where where are they going to go? I, I think TCU, Baylor, uh, your Kansas, your Iowa State, I, I, I think they're really in trouble. I think this is a big opportunity for Tech. I really do. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see. Nobody really knows. And I would the thing that I would love to see is I've heard that Oklahoma State has had some preliminary talks with the Big Ten. I don't know how far those have gotten. I would love to see Tech and Oklahoma State stick together and go out west. I, I agree. I, well, even going out west, I, I love that idea too. But if we can get OSU to go with us and we can go to any of the other Power Five conferences, I think that'll be a, that'll be enough. Now, if we go out west to the Pac-12, I, I do think we need to bring another Texas school with us just because regionalism brings in a lot of money to the program through souvenir sales, whatever. And it also brings in much bigger TV markets. Like, I think ideally we bring in Oklahoma State and Houston with us to the Pac-12. Um, bringing in the Houston market will be good, great for TV. And then also you have people that will travel for games, which brings in a lot of revenue. Um, and I think regionalism and rivalries are important. And I know we don't have a, a rivalry with Houston, really. But being in the same conference and in the same state, that'll form come with time. Um, what are your guys' thoughts? Who do you think Tech needs to come with them to the Pac-12 or Pac-16, as people have been calling it, to be successful? I think Oklahoma State is the best option. They should be exiting buddies for good. Like, cause, um, I've seen multiple sources offer, like, like you said, uh, TJ said the Big Ten and Oklahoma State preliminary talks. I've seen Texas Tech be mentioned with the Pac-12. Today I even saw the ACC. But no matter what happens, I think Oklahoma State and Texas Tech are more similar than they think. And together I think they'll be able to bring, like, TV market, they'll be able to bring fans. The fans will travel, ticket sales, eyes, everything. I feel like they're, they're the perfect match. Just like Texas and Oklahoma, I think Oklahoma State and Texas Tech work out that way too. Yeah, I think the reason a lot of people think they're so similar is because they uh, they kind of like to copy all of our traditions. <clears throat> yeah, still got the same but, guys up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, anyways, TJ, you were saying sorry, man. Yeah, no, 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 it's okay. I was just going to counter your point about having to bring another Texas school with you. I think that kind of waters down the opportunity here. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that going out west and being the only Texas school in the Pac-12 is a huge opportunity for Texas Tech to finally, let's be all honest, to finally get out of the shadow of the A&Ms, the UTs, the OUs. If we can, if Tech can go out west, excuse me, and prove that we can compete on a national level with basketball and baseball are already there. We don't have to prove anything in those sports. But I think it's a huge opportunity for football to right this ship. How many of these kids growing up here, Texas high school football, California high school football, like Texas is the best, California is the best. Yes, it'll open up Texas for these California schools, these West Coast schools to come in and recruit. That's going to happen. They already do it anyway. The difference is it'll open up California for Texas Tech. Texas Tech will be able to go into California and say, hey, 
You weren't re- you're a four-star. You weren't recruited by USC. You weren't recruited by UCLA. You weren't recruited by Stanford. And you want to play in front of your family and friends? Why don't you come back to Texas here and you'll get to play them every single year and get a chance to beat these schools? I think it's a huge opportunity. Uh, like I said, with basketball, we're already there. It's going to be good competition. And being kind of the, the, the same reason A&M wanted to be the only Texas school in the SEC is if you're the only Texas school out west, you can use that to your advantage as a, as a recruiting tool. If you bring a Houston, there I don't consider Houston to be on a level with Tech in, in a well-rounded athletic department. I know the, the basketball team's really good. Uh, I'm not sure about the rest of the athletics at this point, but I don't think Houston moves the needle for the Pac-12. Maybe, maybe not. And I, I'm not going to lie. I'm the son of an Aggie. Uh, my dad played football at AM. I can't stand the Longhorns and their entitlement. And I think this just is the ultimate power move by them. It's absolutely to be expected. But I think this is a huge opportunity for Texas Tech to step out of that shadow. And let's be real. Who, who is Tech's rival? Who is that school in the state of Texas? We were talking about the regional rivalries. Does Texas consider Tech a rival? Does Oklahoma? They tried that mutual site competition with Baylor for four or five years. That wasn't exciting. Tech has an opportunity to stand on their own two feet and be well-represented and be a top 25 program in all three sports, in my opinion. Baseball, basketball, and it's finally an opportunity for the football team to get back on track. Specifically bringing Houston with us, I I just think would be huge for the pure reason because do you know the county in the state of Texas that brings in the most Red Raiders? Houston. It is, yeah, it's Harris County in Houston, Texas. And I think that bringing in that school and bringing in – I mean, Houston, regardless of where their athletic conference is, they have a giant fan base, a giant college fan base. And I think moving up to a bigger conference, they'll be able to handle the recruiting, but also it'll keep Tech a statewide it'll, – it'll keep Tech in the statewide discussion because being up in the panhandle, Tech does typically fall out of the conversations when they're not playing well in certain sports as to where – if the Longhorns are sucking, they're still getting talked. I mean, that's going to happen. It's the Longhorns, just like the Yankees suck. But as to where these other schools, if TCU or Baylor or A&M was sucking, they're getting talked about. Whereas if Tech sucks, people just kind of tend to forget about them. And that that's kind of what I'm worried about, especially if we're in the Pac-12 when we don't play these guys every year or even at all in the rest of the state. I um, can't remember which analyst was saying it on Twitter, but I think regionalism is – pretty important to college sports as far as bringing in the revenue because people will buy flags put out in their yards if they're living in areas that don't have a lot of their same fans so like you'll see UT flags out in the yards in College Station and vice versa in Austin um I think rivalism brings in a lot of revenue and it makes TV deals easier for inside the state so for example if there's a TV network that is largely based on the West Coast, and that's who the Pac-12 decides to sign with. That's going to be tough for a lot of South Texas, Texas Tech fans to be able to watch the games. Also, one more one more thing on moving to the Pac-12. I think it's very – I think it would be very important for T- 
Texas Tech to make sure we get in that South division if they if they intend to split it up that way where we get to play UCLA and USC every year. I think playing those California schools every year is very important. That Well, not California schools, but the Southern California, the LA market teams. I think that is very, very important to play them every year if we move to the Pac-12. Yeah, I saw yeah. something they had. Go ahead, Chris. Sorry about that, TJ. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, I saw something that was a real interesting concept of not divisions, but four different pods. And it had Tech, Oklahoma State, Arizona, and Arizona State in a pod. And you would play those teams every year, but then you would get to branch out and play your Oregons, play your UCLA's, play your USC's. I, your, I did actually see exactly Stanford. what you're talking about, and it's very similar, guys, to the NFL schedule where you play your division once, you'll play another division, and then you'll play like one team from the other divisions to give you your 10 conference games or however many they're gonna, they want to put on the schedule. Um, and it just kind of rotates each year. You obviously always play the same three teams that are in your pod or four teams that are in your pod, whatever it may be. Um, so it's, it's very similar to the NFL schedule making. And yeah, I actually like that idea as well because it allows you to kind of rotate. And I, I kind of wish more conferences would follow that that schedule. Yeah, I thought that was really exciting when I, when I saw it, especially having Oklahoma State join us being paired up with the Arizona schools. Because yeah, what, that, regional, that regional stuff that you're talking about, Arizona's not that far away. Yeah, and one thing so I do want to mention is... If you guarantee those games with those Arizona schools every year, that the, the whole TV thing, uh, the revenue, all that, being able to drive to Arizona from Lubbock yeah. isn't that far. Geographically, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, so I, I mean, but nobody really knows how these conferences are going to be set up. But I do like that idea of the the pod system, so to speak. Yeah, and just just to be clear, yeah, nobody does know how these conferences are going to line up. But one thing is clear is if you follow the money and you look at the money trail, you can get a pretty darn good prediction of where people are going to go when it gets a little bit closer to time. If you want to be ahead of the curve, just pay attention to the money. That, that'll teach you a lot about sports and where stuff's, are, where stuff's going to happen before it happens. Um, so moving on, Texas Tech's future. If we don't go to the Pac-12, what are our other options kind of here? I mean, obviously one of them is we stay in the Big 12, and we kind of talked about that, and that would just be a huge shot to our athletics program. I mean – we have great facilities that cost a lot of money to build. We have a lot of coaches. We're paying a lot of money. I think that would be very detrimental for tech athletics unless we somehow make it to a, champ a national championship from one of these smaller divisions or even the Big 12 after it kind of gets watered down. Um, what are y'all's thoughts on other plans outside of the Pac-12 and the Big 12? Yeah, I think you have to stay relevant. I don't, I don't think there's any opportunity where you drop down in competition and conference and revenue – and still have the same opportunity that you would have staying in what we're going to continue to call the Power Five. I think we're headed towards a Super Four, maybe even Super Three, with the SEC, Big Ten, and the Pac-12. Um, the ACC still sitting there. I don't know what their future's like. They haven't heard a lot. I did hear on ESPN that they, West Virginia, kind of reached out to the ACC, and the ACC hasn't been too open about that idea, even though they're right there in their backyard. Uh, I think that 
Let's be honest. Let's just go independent, guys. What do you think? I think that these competitions yeah right that that would not bode <laughs> well for us we do not have the pool that Notre Dame has sadly but I think these conferences should be really aggressive all I mean ACC uh, Pac-12 and Big Ten should be really aggressive in basically every Big 12 school that's available except for Kansas State TCU um, I think every one of these other schools has something to offer that can help out these other conferences, and they are better than their some of their lower-end stuff. I mean, um, Baylor is a private school, but they are a very high-revenue school, and they have had success in the recent years in almost all of their sports. I mean, basketball, national championship, football, uh, they were close to the Final Four for one year, um, and they lost their coach, of course, to the NFL, lost a bunch of talent there. But Baylor's a very profitable program. West Virginia can be profitable, and I think the ACC or Big Ten would be a great spot for West Virginia to land. Um, Kansas, on that that perspective, I would not be surprised to see Kansas drop down to a lower conference, and that's just because they're they are such a basketball powerhouse and have such been been such a historical basketball powerhouse. Um, if they move to a lower conference, they're not going to lose a lot of that basketball revenue, which they'll they'll lose plenty of TV revenue, but. Look at Gonzaga. I mean, obviously Kansas isn't going to cut their football program, but if they go to a lower – not a lower division, but a um, not Power 5 conference, they might be able to, you know, win some football games and still compete in basketball because, as you know, I mean, you don't need the big conference to be able to draw players in basketball. We've seen it with plenty of these teams. So I was always seeing as that as a model for, a model for Kansas. What do you think about the AAC for Kansas? Yeah, see, like even American something athletic. like that – Something like that would work. Um, it would give them some okay competition in basketball, and they could still get a lot of the big preseason games. And the, the AAC, I mean, I, I would consider a close, a close, not a close six, but a six to the power five. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see that. And that's not saying Kansas can't get into a bigger conference. I just think that honestly might be the best option for them. I mean, their football program is in shambles. They have like 18 scandals, and that's less losses than they get over, over two seasons. So – <laughs> um, their football program is not in a good place and they could use a real uh, change of scenery or taken out of the spotlight at least. They're starting the season 0-16. <laughs> exactly. Did you say 0-16, Chris? Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah, I said 0-16. Yeah, so they're starting uh, the season 0-16 yeah. already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it, it's a mess up here. Well, yeah, uh, of course, me being in, in Jayhawk country up here in Kansas City, it's a mess. But um, I think their, their future is interesting. I think Kansas State's future is interesting. But the one school that has really – that I kind of feel bad for in the Big 12 in this whole thing is what Iowa State's done with their football program. And where did they land? Because they've, they've built that football program up to be very competitive in a very tough football conference. And I guess maybe the Big Ten, but we're all speculating at this point in time. But they, they're going to be very good on the football field this year. Yeah, and if I asked you guys just the play style of Iowa State, what conference they belong in? The Big, Big Ten. Ten. Big Ten, yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> that's funny because I haven't asked that question like open to Twitter or anything. I've just asked friends and stuff, and everybody is immediately Big Ten. They have the they have a big run game. They have a gritty defense. 
they're they're a Big Ten team, so I, I would not be surprised to see them end up there if the revenue numbers can end up working. I think that's the biggest problem for Iowa State is they don't have the draw of even Nebraska, um, but they are a very good program. I mean, they just don't have the draw and the money that some of these bigger conferences might be looking for, which does suck for them. Um, and I was reading an article uh, a couple of days ago, you know, getting ready for the show, and it was by Pat Forty, who used to be at ESPN. Now he's at uh, Sports Illustrated. And the article was called The Tagalong Eight. And I was just extremely, like, as an alum, I was upset. I was like, wait a minute. So this Tagalong Eight that includes the most recent national champion in, in basketball in Baylor and a team that went to the national championship game, the tournament before that, like just the fact that we're considered a bunch of tagalongs, that that bothered me. What do what do you guys think? Well, I think if you just look at it from that perspective, it's I mean it's all about the revenue. It's all about the demand you draw on TV. And even though we are winning, we wouldn't be we're not getting as much TV time or not as much TV time, but it, as we're not bringing in as many viewers as other schools that are also winning or even losing. I mean, for example. Um, I would say in football, we could probably go eight and four and draw a lot less viewership than a three and 10, three and 11 LSU team. Um, so I think the money really, really is what's important here. And that's really the only reason the big 12 can't survive. I mean, we're still going to put up competitive teams, but without being on TV and without getting all the revenue from the viewership of OU in Texas, which let me remind you, Texas is the number one grossing athletic program in the nation. So if they come knocking on the door of any conference, they're going to say yes. And I know if y'all remember right at the beginning when this all happened, everybody's like, oh, they're not going to get enough votes. I mean, they already have two automatic no votes in A&M. And who was the other one? that uh, Missouri. Missouri. Yeah, and they're like, oh, yeah, those are automatic no's. And then because that, that was before A&M, of course, had been talked to by the SEC. They kind of – uh, you know, locked that in them outside while the adults went and talked. Uh, <laughs> but once they saw that, once they saw that bottom line there and said, "Oh, we're going to be making that much more money for adding OU in Texas," okay, we'll we, we'll agree to that. But we're still going to, you know, in the public say, "Yeah, that kind of sucks," or "Yeah, we don't want them." But behind closed doors, I mean, no no team in the SEC has the power to hold up this move. Even if it, like five teams out of, I think they need four to vote no. Even if they got five. I think the SEC commissioner and some of the other teams would step in and say, hey, listen, we really need these guys in here. Look at what they're going to do, the revenue in the conference. And the teams will fall in line. That's why I'm 100% confident that they will not get to the end of the grant of rights contract agreement for 20, that ends in 24-25. Um, money will push these talks. And if the OU and UT lawyers can find a workaround to not pay the $70 million each to the Big 12, I think they'll do that. What do you guys think? Yeah, they're, they're not sticking around to 2025. Like, that's that's just something. The, the bad blood is already that, – that's like breaking up with your girlfriend that you live with, and then your lease is four more years, and you decide, oh, yeah, we're just going to stay in the same place. Like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to be pretty. Yeah, and I believe like, two nights ago, the, the uh, Big 12 was kind of like to OU in Texas – 
hey, we just need y'all to tell us what you're doing. If you're staying or if you're going, don't sit here and make us wait. No, you and UT didn't respond immediately, but I'm pretty sure that was just a, oh, you and UT going to each other. Yeah, we're, we're definitely leaving, right? No chance of us staying. And then just both going, yep, in private and then saying, yeah, we're not signing. Um, I think that was the only holdup on why that didn't come out two or three days ago. Uh, yeah, and then I, I do have some info from the Pac-12's commissioner, uh, George Kilikoff. He uh, declined to answer about whether the league discussed expansion with Texas Tech specifically, but it says potential new schools do not need that AAU accreditation that I brought up earlier in the show. That's big news. Now, he, it, it doesn't touch on the whole uh, religious affiliation, which look, TCU and Baylor have, but opening the door for Texas Tech to go out west, that, that quote right there is all about Tech in my opinion, or a school like Tech, Oklahoma State. So it's one of these schools that's not on par in this um, AAU Association of American Universities. Now, the ironic part is Kansas and Iowa State are actually in that group, but they're not being talked about as far as I've uh, read. So one thing, I, I don't know if there's going to be any immediate effect, but I can't imagine there wouldn't be. Going to it, let's let's say for example, like we all think this is the most likely scenario, or at least this, this is the most hopeful scenario for Tech fans that we go to the Pac-12 with some other teams. Does Under Armour follow us? Do we keep that Under Armour contract through realignment? I think that's a good question. Um, I personally like Under Armour. I like the way it looks on Tech. I like all the different jerseys. I know they're based out of Maryland. Um, I don't know. I, I've heard some rumors that not all the basketball players are okay with it. Um, don't I mean that's just my that's just me talking. That's just TJ Kern talking. That's not uh, anything official. But I I do enjoy the gear. I have plenty of Tech Under Armour gear, uh, but it's it's not up to me. I mean, I'm going to wear tech gear regardless of whether it says Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, whatever. I do like being a little bit different in that yeah. regard, that we kind of have our own brand in the state of Texas. I do like Under Armour style and their jerseys and uniforms they put out, but I will say that I, I do think it's time to make the switch to Nike or Adidas, but specifically Nike because Nike runs a whole bunch of AAU camps and um, – tryouts, you know, private games, showcase games that they don't allow schools that aren't signed with Nike to come into. Um, and that's really, I think that hurts a lot on the recruiting trail because it doesn't let tech coaches talk to these guys as much as some of the other coaches in college sports are able to. Um, so I think that would probably be the biggest spot in switching over. And Under Armour has been on a downhill trend as a company recently. I know they've dropped a few other colleges. Some people have done buyouts. And that's something I've been wondering, too, is if once we move conferences, will this follow us? And I, I don't think it will. Um, so there could be a new deal in there. And you had mentioned earlier on the SEC with NIL stuff, and I wanted to come back around to that, which we'll come back to NIL and realignment a bunch here in the next few weeks over these episodes as it's going to be changing all the time. We're going to be learning new things. But I think one thing that really sparked the urgency in this move to the SEC, and they said they've been working on it for six months, but – the Alabama 18-year-old quarterback that hasn't played a game yet, it's reported that he's already made over a million dollars in NIL deals. He's not played a snap yet in college football. And I he think he hasn't a started a game. I think he played a little bit last year, but he hasn't he hasn't been a starter. 
Oh, I thought he was a true freshman. But, okay, yeah, regardless, still, he has not gotten significant time playing, and he's made around or over a million dollars is what Nick Saban said about a week and a half ago. And remember, NIL started less than a month ago. Yeah, so, it goes back to what Chris said at the top. Money, money, money. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what it's all about. The, you want to be in the SEC. You want to make the money. These other kids – see the SEC athlete, specifically the Alabama quarterback that you're talking about, and he won't be the last. He just might be the first to get close to a million dollars in NIL money. Um, This changes a lot of scenarios for kids. Let's be real. This is real-world money. This is not monopoly money. Like, you're making life-changing money as a freshman or sophomore in college. Wasn't there a high school kid a few weeks ago? Wasn't there a high school kid a few weeks ago that got $2 million in endorsement while he's still in high school being recruited senior year? I, I think I saw some. Yeah, I didn't personally see that. I know Master, that, P's son, Master P's son signed for like $2 million, but I don't know. If yeah, that's, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah. talking about. Yeah, I think out of high school, the only huge deals you're going to see are some basketball players, some guys that they know are NBA ready by the time they're 16. <laughs> but they just can't get out there. Yeah. Um, but let's let's have some let's have some fun with this, okay? I want to talk about this real quick, just to just to get it out of the way. Um, we all know that our friend Chris Beard went to Plainview and had a meeting with UT. You, you think he wasn't told about these plans before he took this job and to leave? Um, here's honestly what I, I think how it went down is basically they were like, do you want this job? And he was immediately like, yes. And then he was like, all right, well, here's some extra enticement in case tech offers you some more money or something. We're going to the SEC. We're going to be playing these big money schools. We're going to get more revenue and eventually you're going to get a pay raise. I'm sure that that got mentioned a lot. And even if you don't get a pay raise, it's going to make recruiting a heck of a lot easier for you. And it keeps tech off the schedule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and he does. He doesn't have to come to the United Supermarkets Arena in Lubbock, Texas, once a year and get absolutely berated, no matter how bad or good the Tech basketball team is at that time. Um, I guarantee you, for the next, if if they were to play us through the rest of this grant of rights contract, every single time, whether we were going zero and forty, that stadium would be packed for UT coming into town. He wanted the easy way out. That's just the plain, simple fact. Well, whether it's the easy way out, I mean, it was his alma mater. I mean, like, we're not here to, to talk necessarily about Chris Beard. I just thought it was interesting. Like, when it said that they had been talking for six months, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, he, he had a, a, at least an idea that this might be coming down, the, you know, the pipe. Yeah, not to mention, I mean, I'm, I'm sure most of the head coaches in Texas athletics knew this when they did their interviews or whenever they came in, the, when they first started talking about it, I'm sure they were like, hey, guess what? <laughs> I didn't know you were talking. We're going to go to the SEC and make a bunch of money. And then there is one more topic that I want to get to about realignment, and that's what happens if, for some reason, we don't end up in the Pac-12. And what that does, we, we've kind of touched on it, but what it does to the city of Lubbock. Uh, Jacob Harris wrote a good article on gunsupnation.com uh, specifically talking about how the city of Lubbock could be affected by this move and the lack of revenue coming into Texas Tech. What are you guys' thoughts on just 
the city of Lubbock. I know that the Chamber of Commerce or the mayor wrote a letter down to Austin, to the governor uh, about this. I don't think it's going to do much personally, but I'm not a politician, but it's one of those things where the city of Lubbock, if tech doesn't end up in another super conference, they could end up losing bukus of dollars. Yeah, well, I think even with uh, us going to another conference, that's why I was mentioning with we need to bring in other Texas schools teams. I guess Arizona, the two Arizona schools would be a viable option too. But just the amount of travel that comes in from UT, Baylor, TCU, um, OU, especially OU whenever they come to town, just the town gets packed with other schools fans, tech fans from these areas that are coming up with friends. And I, I do think it, it could have an effect. Um, but I think Tech lands on their feet ultimately. Chris, what do you think? If Texas Tech doesn't land in a Power 5 conference, not only will Texas Tech lose lots of money, I think lots of people that work in Texas Tech who coach, who, who have come back, they will lose jobs, will lose money for tuition, will lose money for sponsoring athletic programs, everything. These new fancy facilities we made, I don't think we'll have enough money to build anymore, like the baseball one or in the future or anything else. You know, it's going to affect everything down the line. Even it's going to affect business in Lubbock too. And I just really hope Texas Tech finds their footing in a Power Five conference or else there are going to be problems. And I hope we don't have to see that. Oh, and one more thing to mention here is with these ongoing talks, you're going to hear a lot of conferences saying, oh, we don't really need them, but we are looking. And they're not saying that to actually be like, yeah, we don't need them. We're just looking. They, they are saying that um, to make these big 12 schools that are looking for new homes kind of feel like they're not wanted. So they'll take less of a, they'll, they'll take a worse deal to get in these conferences, even though the conferences underneath, I feel like really want some of these big 12 schools bad, including Texas Tech and OU, I mean, OSU. Um, so whatever they're saying, you got to remember they're, they're trying to work the deal. They're businessmen. They're not going to say, oh, yeah, we really want them because then Tech's going to be like, oh, well, you really want us. You know, the, the Big Ten really wanted us too, so we can go over there. They're trying to work it from the car someone point. Okay, well, yeah, go over there. They, they, they don't want to seem like they need you. but Yeah, they're trying to reverse psychology. Yeah, exactly. It's just business tactics. Um, you'll see it work with draft picks, trades, all that other stuff in the NFL. Um, even with the NBA Pistons saying, oh, yeah, we, we might not go with Cunningham or we're definitely going to go with Cunningham. He's going to affect how much somebody wants to trade up to that number one spot, even if they already had their decision made months ago. He could even uh, go into effect with taking someone's coach. <laughs> yeah, and b before we get into this next part, the one thing I really wanted to mention tonight is coming up, we have the U of H game, all right? That's going to be in Houston at NRG Stadium. And as you all know, we're part of the Guns Up Nation podcast network. We're the Guns Up Nation podcast. We're paired with... Tortillas and Takes, Talking Tech, and the Ramblin' Raiders. Now, down in Houston, the Ramblin' Raiders are hosting a big old tailgate at NRG Stadium. Um, they're going to be selling wristbands. You can message them on Twitter or emailing them uh, at ramblinraiders at gmail. So these wristbands are $25. Uh, they're going to get you all you can eat, all you can drink, alcohol included. Um, I'm not sure exactly what options they'll have for alcohol, if it's beer or if it's mixed drinks. Uh, but $25, it opens up three hours prior to kickoff. They do have a limited amount, and they are going. I mean, they are selling, so make sure you get yours quick if you want to be there. Um, 
it's going to be a heck of a time. You'll see the Ramblin' Raiders, guys. I'll be there. I don't know uh, if Chris or TJ are planning on coming down there. but I'll definitely be down there, too, with Keith. TJ, were you planning on making it down for that Houston game, or are you still seeing what's in the well, works right the now? What's the date? Um, September 4th? Weekend. Yeah, September 4th. Okay, yeah, I'll have to see because, you know, I'm moving from Kansas City to Arlington right now. I got a lot of a lot going on on the other side of life outside of the podcast. So, uh, I don't know that I'll be in Houston for it, but I'll definitely have it on the TV. Yeah, so we'll – as many of the Guns Up Nation crew, uh, podcast, network guys, talking tech, and as many of them as we can get down there in Houston, we're going to get down there. It's going to be a fun time. You'll get to hang out with us. We'll be down there talking to you all, interacting with the fans. Um and then, of course, looking forward to that U of H game, a little self-promotion here. We're going to be doing our first live show. And one thing we're not quite sure of yet is if we're going to do live shows just with the Guns Up Nation podcast or if we're going to kind of open it up to Twitter and do maybe some open chat rooms with the other Guns Up, with the other Guns Up Nation podcast network podcast where we'll have host and TJ, Christopher, you'll have Albie, Nick, everybody from all the other podcasts, Dylan. Um, you'll have everybody come in and kind of – Put in their two cents on the games for post games, keep you up to date, and kind of get you ready for the next game. So that's one thing y'all need to be looking out for. Um, did y'all have anything else we want to talk about on realignment? Um, maybe we could talk about. Go ahead, Chris. My fault. Um, you're good, bro. Uh, maybe we could talk about like um, where we think um, predictions of where we think teams in the Big Twelve might land if the Big Twelve um, dissolves. All right, so, so we'll go down here and we'll kind of break it down and just go with the scenario you think is going to be most likely um, and just, just start with that one. So we're going to start with, I guess, let, let's go Kansas State. That's going to be one of the tougher ones to actually decide on, but then again, nobody really, really cares where Kansas State goes. What do you all think? Do you all think Kansas State ends up in Power 5? We'll go ahead and start off there. Do you all think Kansas State stays in the Power 5 or Power 4, whatever's remaining of these, these five conferences? Not at all. I think they end up in the American Athletic or the WAC. The WAC. <laughs> or WAC, my bad. <laughs> no, you're, you're fine. No, I, I enjoyed that. Uh, TJ? Yeah, I mean, I could see them in the American. I could see them in the Mountain West. Uh, I just I don't see them coming along uh, to the Pac-12. It's possible, uh, but it's not likely, in my opinion. So, that's that's my thought on, on K-State. Yeah, K-State doesn't really bring in the revenue or the competition level for a lot of the sports. Every few years in one of K-State's programs won't be extremely good, but they'll be good enough to be if you're a ranked school, you're like, oh, we gotta, we can't just blow off this school. But most of the time, they, they're, they are a blow-off game. Um, so moving on to the other Kansas school, let's go to Kansas. What do y'all, where do y'all think Kansas ends up? I'll start with TJ. Man, that's a really good question. Because of that powerhouse basketball program, maybe – you know what? Maybe they find their way into that league with Gonzaga. Yeah, I, I was also – that's what I was saying. They, they, I could definitely see them in a Gonzaga role where they're not in a powerhouse football conference, which I don't know how much that affects their revenue side of things. Um, and that, of course, could be a driving factor because I do think Kansas could have a bid at some of these Power Five conferences because their basketball team is so dominant and such a historical basketball program. But 
<laughs> I think their basketball program can be successful outside of Power Five conferences. Chris, I agree with y'all. They could. Um, they're de definitely their basketball program could exist outside of a Power Five conference, but I'm kind of leaning toward the Big Ten with them. I mean, they're not good at football, but you got to remember, records is in the Big Ten too. And uh, but their basketball program, I think it really can be at the top of the Big Ten, definitely. But uh, I definitely could see the outside of power conference and them existing that way and their basketball team being successful, just like Gonzaga. Yeah, and don't forget, guys, one, you, you mentioned uh, Rutgers. I don't, I don't think they're going to get removed. I don't think the Big Ten's in a removing mood necessarily. But I have heard rumors that some of these schools that aren't bringing in the revenue that they should be to these big conferences, um, even though Vanderbilt just made it to the College World Series, I've heard Vanderbilt's name thrown around a lot because even though they're extremely good at baseball, baseball doesn't bring in nearly the money that football does, and they haven't been competitive in football for years in an SEC conference where all, a lot of the football teams there are making an insane amount of money. So don't rule that out either, seeing some of these schools drop from Power 5 conferences that you didn't expect to. Um, and instead of just adding Big 12 teams, they're replacing teams. So moving on, we've done Kansas, Kansas State. Let's go on to the next toughest one, Iowa State. So I think we, we've all kind of agreed. I, I, we would really like to see them in the Big 10. It would really suck if they get dropped out. Um, but where do you all think it is likely that they end up? Yeah, I think I we talked it's... about it earlier, Big 10. I'm going to keep it simple. Yeah, Big 10. Chris? Yeah, I'm going with the Big Ten as well. I think their their playing style of football just matches that of the Big Ten. Yeah, of course, the, like we talked about, the gritty defense, the run game. Okay, so now we're going to move um, TCU. And I, I personally believe TCU falls out of the Power Five. And I think at worst they end up in the same conference as Texas State. I don't think they'll fall nearly that far. Uh, but I think that's kind of their low. And, and their high position – I. I, I really cannot see a scenario that they end up in a Power Five conference unless the Big 12 sticks around in the shell of what it w once was. And even then, it wouldn't be a Power Five conference truly anymore. Um, what are you guys' thoughts, TJ? Yeah, I'm going to say either go back to the Mountain West where they came from. Uh, they've already shown they can dominate that conference. Or if they want a different challenge, maybe the American conference. But one of those two. Yep. Okay, so now the other private school in the state of Texas will kind of just keep moving this way. Baylor. Um, I believe that Baylor could end up in the same conference as Clemson. Uh, that's the ACC. And I, I don't really – I can't really see them going to the um, Big Ten. I don't think they have nearly the draw to go independent. But I do see that that could be an option from them unless Notre Dame decides to finally pony up and join a conference, they could kind of go independent, play Notre Dame once a year, uh, find some other schools in there, some of the military academies, stuff like that to bounce around to. Chris, what are your thoughts on Baylor? I see Baylor as going into the AAC, the American Athletic Conference. I think they have a good basketball program. And that conference is pretty good and decent every now and then because uh, had, they have Memphis, Cincinnati, uh, UCF. So I think uh, Baylor will end up in the American Athletic Conference. I, I agree with that. I see. I, I could see that as well. Now that you mentioned it. TJ, Baylor. I'm sorry. We talking Baylor? Yes, sir. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, national championship in basketball. 
a hell of a team. The rest, they were good. They they did a good job in football a few years ago. I, I'm going to say that this, the, a lot of the leftovers are going to either end up, it's going to be some kind of combination between the Big 12 leftovers and the American Conference. Yeah, okay, so moving to another tough one, West Virginia, guys. Um, West Virginia is a school that's had historical success. They've had – they have good coaches. They, they're on TV a lot. They have a large fan base. They move the needle. Um, like you said earlier, they reached out to the ACC, and they hadn't really – you know, they hadn't really gotten a call back. Um, I would love to see them end up in the ACC. I think it would be great to see a few Big 12 teams end up there just to kind of give some – a little bit better lower-end competition than they have now. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts as far as West Virginia goes? I think West Virginia ends up ACC makes sense. Yeah, same. Geographically, the ACC makes the most sense. I don't see them going back to the Big East because their football program is definitely a lot better than most of those schools. I don't even know if some of those schools in the Big East have football programs. So that's why I think West Virginia ends up in the ACC. Yeah, and that, that could also be another school you might see squeeze into the Big Ten if they can come, somehow convince their way in or maybe go in with a package with um, – Iowa State, that could be an opportunity there. Uh, so keep moving down. Let's see, we got West Virginia, TCU, Baylor, uh, I guess Kansas, Kansas State. It really just leaves Oklahoma State. I mean, we know we are all under the consistent OU consensus. <laughs> Sorry about that. OU and Texas are going to the SEC, of course. So, like I said, that leaves us in Oklahoma State, and I think we've all kind of stated we'd really like to see Oklahoma State follow us to the Pac-12 if that's where we can both get in. Um, any disagreement or thoughts on Oklahoma State? No, I, I think Oklahoma State's a big draw uh, coming with. Uh, we have a lot of similarities, uh, not just with the symbols and everything like that. They, How long have they been little brother to Oklahoma? Yeah, exactly. They, I, I think that the best way to go about this for Texas Tech and o, OSU is to say, hey, we're, we're a package deal. You, you got to get both of us. Um, where OU might cover a little bit more on – I mean, OSU might cover a little bit more on the football side right now. We cover pretty well on the basketball and baseball side. And we – one thing that people are doing about Texas Tech is even though we might not have been successful as a program, uh, recruits care a lot about how successful your players are at the next level. And – as far as quarterbacks go, I mean, we had a great line in there. We have we had three NFL quarterbacks on our roster at one point with Baker Mayfield, Mahomes, and um, Webb. So I think basically it all comes down to revenue, how much they think we can bring in, if they think we're going to be a detriment or if they think we're going to help them out. And if they think we're, we're going to help them out enough to justify bringing us into the conference, they're going to do that in a heartbeat. Um, I think the other conferences should be – I think every conference should be hungry to add the Big 12 teams regardless, except for maybe like the lower ones, which lower end ones we've talked about, like Kansas State and TCU. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to evolve day by day. Uh, news changes, 24-7 news cycle. There's more news out today than there was a couple days ago when I was doing show prep for everything. And it's, like you said, the NIL stuff – is going to always be popping up in the show and now conference realignment. I mean, that might give us something to talk about for a whole year or two. Yeah, one more thing with if Texas Tech moves to the Pac-12 that I've been thinking about, 
you know, away games, bars in Lubbock are packed, people watching tech games. Pac-12 is late at night. Pac-12 is West Coast. That is 9 p.m. start times a lot. So now when Texas Tech is blowing the game in the third or fourth quarter, Texas Tech fans aren't going to be 9.30 drunk. They're going to be 11.30 drunk when we're blowing a lead in the, towards the end of the third and fourth quarter. So just just be careful when you're out at bars over the next few seasons in Lubbock if we end up in the Pac-12 with some of these night games. The good thing about that is, is most of the fans won't remember the game if they're drunk. <laughs> yeah. Um, so any closing remarks you all had as far as realignment goes? I think we're about running – Pretty close to overtime here. So, what what do y'all have? Is there anything y'all want to add? Make sure you get mentioned that we didn't get a chance to cover during the show. Yeah, the only thing I wanted to say about the whole uh, no eleven a.m. kickoffs, moving them back to nine p.m. is hey, that just means more all black nights at the Jones. Get ready. You you give us all day to tailgate. It's uh, gonna be quite the atmosphere. Yeah, and I think that's about all we got for y'all today as a show. Um, two more things I wanted to mention really is we're getting a lot of y'all watching the show that aren't following us on Twitter. Um, our Twitter gives y'all a lot of great information and kind of shapes what we're going to talk about for the week on the show. And even if some stuff that we don't cover that we want mentioned, I mean, we, we post y'all on our Twitter page. That's at Twitter page. That's at Guns Up Voice. And then, of course, follow myself. That's at Keith Donaghy. TJ, I believe your um, Twitter handle is T-E-J-A-Y-K-E-R-N. T-2-E's J-A-Y-K-E-R-N, TJ Kern. That's him on Twitter. And Chris, yours is? At CME Sports News. CME Sports News. So be sure to give us all a follow. I mean, we'll, we'll keep you all up to date on all the important tech news for sure. And be sure to give our other podcasts great listens. And all the stuff we covered on the episode – if you go to Guns Up Nation, there's probably an article on it. Um, go give those a, a good look. All of our writers do great work. I know Jacob Harris, our writer, has kind of great, a few great pieces. We have a lot of guys that are really excited to get into writing about football. So just be sure to keep up with all that. Outside of that, that's all I have for you. All have a great day. TJ, Chris? Yeah, thanks. Looking forward to uh, all this craziness and uh, trying to figure out where we're going to end up being at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Oh, my bad. Sorry. Yeah, go, go ahead. No, go ahead, Chris. I was just going to say thanks for listening, everyone. We're looking forward to spreading the news about Texas Tech sports and sports in general. And I hope everyone has a great night. And thank you all for listening. Yep. Hey, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, basically anywhere you get your podcast. we are there. Make sure you're listening. We're going to be pumping out a lot of great content. I mean, we're having these action-packed episodes, and we are in July, guys. Just wait until we get into football season in the heat of it. We're going to have a lot of fun stuff for y'all. Um, and every week we're getting better. We're doing our best to get better, providing y'all the best and most entertaining content y'all can get out there for Texas Tech. Outside of that, y'all have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Guns Up Nation podcast. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the podcast hosts and do not reflect the opinions of Texas Tech University or its affiliates. Visit our website at GunsUpNation.com for more Texas Tech news. Thanks again and Guns Up.